Hello there, welcome. Uh, this is me. My name is Matt Conway. Uh, for those of you who don't know uh, me, I am a film critic at ScreenGeek.net. Uh, I've been writing film-related content on the internet for five plus years now, and yeah, I'm decided. Uh, I've done podcasting in the past before, but I, I I really been wanting to start a new podcast to kind of talk about the latest movies, the latest in movie news, uh, any big stories, any movies that are on their anniversary that I want to spotlight, stuff like that, but just more of a, a free-formed uh, place. Uh, for this week, it'll just be uh, four or five reviews I have. Uh, the movies I will, will be reviewing are uh, Fighting With My Family, Lords of Chaos, Arctic, Paddleton, and Happy Death Day to You. Uh, which all have come out within the last two weeks. I believe uh, Arctic came out the first week of February, but opened limited and has since uh, expanded and is continuing to expand uh, nationwide. Uh, but as far as this show goes, um, this week's episode will probably be pretty cut and dry to the point uh, as I'm just kind of figuring out um, what I want to do for the formatting of the show. But in the future, I'll, I'll definitely be having guests or maybe interviews or, you know, we're going to see how it goes. Uh, but to first open, I'm going to start with uh, Fighting With My Family, which was the uh, set one of two new releases which opened last weekend. The other being How to Train Your Dragon 3, which I haven't seen any of the previous two, so I, I don't think uh, it'd be wise for me to see that film out of context. But... Uh, Fighting With My Family is a film produced by Dwayne Johnson, uh, very much uh, a film that endorses the WWE brand. It's based on a, a true story following this uh, wrestling family growing up in England who just love WWE and love doing their own wrestling events. And uh, the two children in the family, when they try out for WWE, uh, with the girl Soraya uh, getting ultimately getting accepted and put into the program to train to become a member of the WWE. So the film, we kind of follow not only uh, her, the character of Soraya's rise as she you know tries to become a member of the WWE, but also the ramifications that has throughout her family, how that affects her brother who wasn't able to you know reach his goal, how that affects her parents who are, you know, you want to see her live her dream, but, you know, it's also her trying to do what's best for herself. So it's stuff like that as well. It, it The film, interestingly enough, opened at Sundance, uh, I believe, a month ago. And uh, in general, has been really well received by critics. I believe it holds roughly a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. And uh, personally, while I, I'm definitely not a big, uh, you know, hater of the movie per se I, I I was just I thought it was very okay uh, writer director Stephen Merchant who many know uh, as a great uh, character actor in many comedies he's a very sharp funny guy has done a lot of stuff with Ricky Gervais in uh, particular he adapts a story and I think he does a good job with the screenplay at least uh, with the comedy comedic aspects there's a lot of um, you know, funny moments here and there. And I think the movie does a good job of never making fun of the, the subjects, the family, because this family is definitely eccentric 
And and I think in a, in a different context, a different movie kind of would have belittled them a little bit. But I think this movie uh, instead really embraces them for their differences and it just embraces, you know, people in general for their differences. It's a very um, positive movie. It has a lot of good energy and goodwill behind it. I think the performances are, are actually pretty good. Uh, Florence Pug, Pug, P-U-G-H. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh, she's really good as Soraya. She breathes a lot of conviction and humanity into the character. And she's really asked to carry much of the film on her shoulders. And it's a task she really proves capable of. And I think she gives this movie the m- most dramatic weight out of anyone. Uh, you got supporting players like Nick Frost and Lena Headey, uh, who are funny, but they're, they're, they're in kind of smaller roles than you maybe expect from the trailers, but they're good when they're around. And then Dwayne Johnson comes in for his, his obligatory cameo, which is, I mean, it is what it is, I guess. (laughs) But, um, yeah, there, there's some good hearted qualities to this movie. Definitely some entertaining moments, but to me, the, the execution, especially dramatically ends up being a, a bit too earnest for its own good. Uh, the movie dramatically is very kind of squeaky clean and generic and the, the family drama aspects are handled just in a very cut and dry and like simplistic way. I just, it, it was hard for me to ever really invest in these characters because the story as a whole just felt like it was following the book of uh, sports cliches. Like it, you know, you start to doubt yourself the third act structure of oh right before the third act oh stuff's not going well what's going on and then you know the third act the big rise up but i i don't think the movie really earns that it's not really a a great sports movie because i thought a lot of soraya's journey it felt very rushed it felt very the movie uses a lot of montages to kind of forward the progression, but we really don't get to experience that progression alongside the character outside of these kind of contrived uh, montages, which kind of have to do the heavy lifting for the story. So in the end, when you know the movie's supposed to have these big uplifting moments and kind of leave you with a smile on your face, it, I was just kind of bored, to be honest. And it's, and it's a shame because I think the movie as a whole has, has some charm to it. But I just think dramatically, it's pretty inert, uh, uh, to be honest. So I'm going to give Fighting With My Family a 5 out of 10. I would recommend it uh, probably as like a rental or on Hulu or HBO or whatever Netflix, whatever streaming platform you use in a couple months. Yeah, maybe you'll watch it then. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's worth rushing out to see in the theater, which is a shame because the reviews are really, really strong. Uh, I, you know, I, I never want to disagree with, with positive comments, but you know, it happens. Uh, next movie I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm going to talk about Arctic cause that's the last movie I uh, saw in theaters. Uh, this is a movie I've been very excited for since I saw the trailer, uh, a few months ago, uh, with Aquaman, interestingly enough, and the trailer was great, but, uh, it's a, basically a survival movie starring Mads Mikkelsen, who many know from Hannibal, The Hunt, uh, to name a few. He, he's just personally one of my favorite actors. Uh, I, don't, I don't have like a, a list or anything, but he's just very, uh, I think has a lot of range, has a lot of sneaky range. A lot of people think of Mads Mikkelsen as this kind of menacing guy, this very like, you know, quiet, but like 
dark dude, but I think in his performances, he's putting a lot of, you know, quiet humanity behind them. I really love his performance in The Hunt in particular because he's just playing this this character who's just going through the worst experience and just trying to, like, you know, c- capture some semblance of, of what he used to have in his life. It's, it's, it's a really great... Um, uh, I forget what language the movie is. I think it might be uh, Denmark or something, but I don't know. Uh, great movie if you haven't seen it. But back to Arctic. Uh, the film follows... I forget his character name. Did he even reveal it? Overguard. Uh, a man who's stranded in the Arctic... And it, it seems like he might be receiving a rescue, but things don't work out. And him, along with a incapacitated um, uh, survivor, have to kind of you know trek through the Arctic and the potential dangers it has to kind of you know survive in a, in a simplistic sense. Uh, but I really like this movie. I mean, I, so many movies have done this kind of survival story all oh, that brace the elements i mean the gray uh that that shitty one with kate winslet the man the mountain between us and idris elba that one was kind of bad uh but this one i think works a lot because it it, it approaches it from a very realistic uh perspective uh director joe pena who i believe has done some work on youtube interestingly enough uh does a great job of just capturing a very real world setting uh kind of and he really keeps the story and characters very subdued which i like too there's not these big you know out of place emotional moments but the characters and interactions in a whole feel very realistic and i love how like pragmatic all the details of like the surviving of the character is like you really see the process of all these different things that uh, Mads Mikkelsen's character has to go through to survive, and it's it's really kind of interesting to see that 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 there's a lot of thought put into the process of each step of this story. Like it, it isn't just kind of slapdash generic Hollywood script where everything you know oh suddenly this will happen, and even if it doesn't make sense, like suddenly this will happen. Everything kind of felt built up from each other very well, which uh, is great to see. The direction, as I said, not only is it strong visually, uh, you, but it's very good because Joe Pena, he doesn't feel the need to put in extra stylish touches or anything excessive to really kind of overcrowd the movie. He really lets the the desolate nature of the Arctic kind of speak for itself, which I think all he really needs to do. And the movie also doesn't really have that much in terms of dialogue, but Mads Mikkelsen really, really sells this performance. Uh, he's such a, it's a really a perfect performance for Mikkelsen's talent because he, he can be that kind of quiet, kind of everyman, but he can also show a lot of humanity just with a simple look or a, a simple tear. And I think he brings a lot of, you're re- really able to, this character really ends up becoming a very well-developed character just through a lot of like simple, small moments. And that kind of like steady progression throughout, not only in the story, but in the characters is uh, really delightful to see. Uh, as far as negatives, I think, uh, you know, for me, there really isn't many. Uh, an obvious one is this is, you know, we've seen this kind of story before. And it's hard at the end of the day to make a movie like this where it's it feels wholly unique and original unless you have really something, you know, 
extraordinary to bring to it. So, you know, it's a very sturdy movie in that sense where it's not, maybe it's not really like breaking any new barriers per se, but it's a very solidly made film, very well executed across the board. And I, I give it an eight out of 10. I, I really did enjoy it personally. Uh, next up movie. I'm really excited to talk about because not a lot of people are talking about it. Lords of chaos. Uh, this movie's been in production for some time, but it's actually interestingly enough based on a true story. Uh, it follows the Norwegian black metal scene, uh, which I mean, who the fuck knows about that really, to be honest, going into the movie, but interestingly enough, going out of the movie, you might be fascinated by it because honestly this movie did kind of fascinate me uh we basically follow a a teenager named who names himself Euronymous uh who he's in a band called Mayhem and through certain events he kind of makes the band a much bigger deal so for some really graphic things he that he publicizes uh, the band begins to gain some traction and Norwegian black metal begins to come a thing. And with that comes a lot of new followers, one of them being uh, Varg Vikern, Vikerns, played by Emery Cohen, who um, takes the the black metal music's message of anti-establishment and uh, do anarchy and stuff like that to heart when he starts burning churches and then all of a sudden, the kind of black metal leads to this very violent outcome between some of its followers and members. So I, I wanted to give a kind of vague uh, description because I, I think one thing in particular annoys me. I don't know about uh, the listener, but uh, I, I hate when there's a movie based on a real event and, and it's just spoiled. Like people just are like, oh, Foxcatcher, this, this is what happens. That would be the description of the movie. It's like, well, I... You know, you don't know every true true story, and this is a true story that I think a lot of people probably haven't heard of. I had no idea uh, heading into the movie about Norwegian black metal or anything like that. But I mean, I, I it's the it's the sign of a good movie where it left me very interested in the subject, and I've kind of spent the last couple of days reading more about it to get a, a more of a perspective on it. But I think this biopic is, uh, in general, really accomplished. Uh, director Jonas Ackerland uh, I think he's the favorite to win the comeback player of the year award as far as filmmaking goes because his last film uh, Polar which also starred Mad Mickelson early uh, interestingly enough came out on Netflix last month and was a honestly a kind of a joke it was it was like a, a shit version of the crank movies if you have Netflix don't waste your time. Mads Mikkelsen does his best with it, but it's just really not a good movie. But he, with this film, I think his very uh, loud and abrasive style choices are much more fitting because it really matches these characters very well. These very loud, I, I mean, there's no other thing to call them but edgelords. These, these people who are constantly trying to just push the boundary of what's ex- like culturally or socially acceptable and doing these just brutal violent disgusting things and and just deluding themselves into some sort of purpose behind it i think that's the thing about the movie that i really uh, think is captivating is that 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 dynamic is really i think well captured is just these characters are just they, they, they don't really know what they're doing like they don't really have purpose but they're constantly deluding themselves into the purpose behind you know 
burning churches and doing uh, violent things like that. But I think the movie as a whole uh, really features lot, uh, numerous good performances. Uh, Rory Culkin, who I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, the other Culkin brother, uh, is really great as Euronymous. Uh, it's a tough character because... I mean, the stuff he does early on in the movie makes the character so inheritably unlikable, but the character also has a lot of progression as he kind of realizes some of the errors in his ways, and I, I think he ends up becoming, you know, a, a more of a sympathetic character. I mean, he becomes a human being, I guess I should say, and and less of just, you know, a, a troll. But Emery Cohen, who plays uh, Vargs, is menacing as fuck uh, he's such a great underrated actor uh, many might know him from brooklyn uh place beyond the pines but he, he really shines here jack kilmer's quite good uh the movie's very in- engaging entertaining it, it moves at a good pace it has some incredibly violent bloody things that uh, definitely will will catch you off guard but you know it, they're not out of place and it, in the movie as a whole as far as what i've read seems to stay pretty accurate to the story so that's cool uh as far as negative notes uh personally i think the movie at times i know the director Jonas uh has a personal connection to this this music scene and while i think that that helps give him this movie a lot of perspective i think in some places it also hurts the movie uh especially the ending which kind of awkwardly pays tribute to one of the characters and it, it just doesn't really feel earned i, I at times it, it, it just drifts a bit too much into you know i don't want to say hero worship but just idolizing uh which is i don't think should have ever been in place with this movie it's very much uh you know cut and dry these these people are really just I, I don't want to say fucked up, but like Jesus, <laughs> but you know, I, I didn't have major issues with the movie. I mean, it does follow some of the, Oh wait, another issue I did want to mention actually, I don't think the movie does a great job of articulating the progression of Norwegian black metal. I like it goes from one point to the next, to the next, to the next. Uh, and I didn't really feel that that's the progression of the, the genre really growing and growing getting a populace or what effect the music really left on people so i think the movie at times could have captured that a little better but as a whole i'm a big fan of it i would give it uh seven and a half out of ten interestingly enough both this and arctic i would say are two of the two of the three best movies of the year probably at least in the consideration along with uh high flying birds but that movie's quite good. Uh, next up on the list, I'll go with Paddleton, uh, starring Mark Duplass uh, and Ray Romano. This film debuted on Netflix on Friday. It's from Duplass Productions, which has been in partnership with Netflix and working on several uh, several movies for them. Blue Jay, which I was a big fan of. It I think that made my top 15 in 2016. It's a really, really great movie. I think it's also on Netflix for you to check out if you want. Um, this film follows, uh, basically two neighbors, um, with one of them played by Duplass is, is diagnosed with cancer and he basically just decides I'm kind of done with this. I'm, I'm ready to, you know, end my life. And he goes on a journey to get medicine to kind of, you know, 
kill himself. And, you know, he, he's, he lives by himself. He doesn't have, like, family. So he goes with his, you know, kind of friend and roommate or uh, neighbor played by Ray Romano. And the movie basically follows their journey as, you know, Mark Duplass's character kind of comes in terms with, you know, his life in, in a sense. But um, the movie definitely is very... I mean, slight, I, I think, is the way to put it. It's, you know, I think barely 80 minutes long. It doesn't have, like a lot of du- Duplass's movies, it has a very finite focus and, uh, you know, aspect of life that it's looking at. But I, I think, you know, what always proves winning with uh, the Duplass production movies is the performances are always uh, really fantastic. Uh, Romano, uh, Ray Romano and Mark Duplass, are, they play off each other so well. Their chemistry is really natural. And, I mean, they're, they're, I think they're just generally great performances, not just from a comedic standpoint. When the movie has its more dramatic moments, they re- it's really naturalistic and really uh, just touching and it's very the, the the thing i can credit the duplasses for the most and aspect why i really like them is their movies are just very uh humanistic and very real and genuine and i think the the gen, the emotional notes of this movie uh hit in a very real and personal way uh as i mentioned though it, it is kind of a slight movie the story is very I mean, it's your generic kind of road trip, you know, a, a bit mundane. Uh, but as a whole, I, I think the movie has a lot of sincerity. And I think the last 10 minutes or so will be uh, very uh, memorable for people. I don't want to spoil what happens. But I think the script it might not be the best from the Duplasses. I think the story just could add more to it. I think even the characters could add more maybe depth to them. I think maybe done a little more to make them a little more personalized i I do like the kind of kung fu uh (laughs) that they watch together and all the different playing paddleton and all the silly different stuff they do but you know just a little more background in in a sense but i really like the movie uh as a whole though i'd give it a six six and a half out of ten so definitely worth watching on netflix uh last movie of the day though happy death day to you Happy Death Day to you, garbage. No, I'm just kidding. First one was, though. Uh, Happy Death Day to you. It picks up where the first film left off. For those of you who saw the first film, it came out roughly two years ago, I believe. It scored pretty decent reviews. I remember personally, I I hated it, though. I was kind of bored by it. Uh, I think a lot of people really dug the premise for the movie, but outside of the premise, at least for me, the, the scares we're just not there and i think also the the humor just wasn't there i didn't think the movie was that clever i think the 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 references like the back to the future groundhog day kind of stuff is like very like just obvious and kind of lazily done and i i really like the performances interestingly enough i thought jessica roth was really good in the film but I, I, as a whole i just really was not impressed with it uh this sequel though it does some interesting things it's a lot less of a horror film and a lot more of a a weird uh genre hybrid hybrid we have science fiction horror comedy kind of mixed into one uh basically the film follows uh are the same misfit characters from the first film uh they one of the characters uh ryan is working on a like a time machine device 
and this time machine device ends up creating a loop which sends uh, Tree, played by Jessica Roth, back to the October 18th, the same day that she keeps living living back back and forth uh, in the first film. But in this film, she's in a different time loop, so things progress in a in a different way. It's not the same uh, deal, which I, changes things up in some interesting ways. And I. I want to give um, writer director for writer di- <laughs> director for writer director Christopher Landon credit for really I think more so finding a, a good tone uh, for the movie not maybe not saying balance wise but at least going for it as far as like the premise the movie I think gets a lot more nerdy and like you know just wacky with the directions it goes and it, and and it, at least that's entertaining to watch for. Uh, portions of the movie uh i think people the audiences especially people who like the first one will definitely like this film uh it because just because it really ups the ante from what the first film did uh i i still like the performances here i really think jessica roth i can't wait till she gets some like some more roles uh because i think she's got a lot of talent it's kind of a shame she hasn't Outside of the series, at least, she hasn't gotten a lot of starring work, but I, I think she will soon, hopefully, because she shows a lot of talent here, and I think, especially when the material is lacking, she really can elevate it uh, at some points. Uh, my issues, though, and I think what really ultimately suffers uh, with the film is I just don't think Christopher Landon is adept enough to really manage this kind of tonal balance. The movie tries to have these science fiction kind of comedy horror elements and then tries to kind of mix them together with, uh, you know, this very melodramatic drama aspects that are brought in the third act. And it just makes for a really, uh, the, like, the, especially the third act, it, all these kind of tones just come together and, and just really clash, at least for me personally. And uh, it, it makes for a, a kind of unsatisfying, uh, at least third act and final product. I think um, the movie gets off to a good start, but I, I also think the story of just like falling through the first one through a slightly different lens, it, it's just not as captivating as an idea as I think maybe Landon intended. And I also just think he really is not adept at writing good dialogue. A lot of the dialogue here fails to be very genuine. And I, I still think this movie, like the first one, really fails at capturing kind of like college lifestyle in an authentic way but i do think this movie is a vast uh, improvement over happy death day and i do want to give the team involved credit for that so i give it a five out of ten it's similar to fighting with my family i think a movie if you watch on streaming you'll get some entertainment out of but as far as you know reinventing the genre it doesn't quite do that so those are the five movies I, I definitely wanted to discuss today. Uh, I'll be posting this soon as a first episode, but as a next episode, I'm probably going to focus more on news, try to have a guest on to talk about some stuff with, and yeah, we'll see how that goes. But thank you for listening. Please subscribe, uh, listen, like, share, all that fun stuff, and check out my writing and reviews at ScreenGeek.net as well. But thank you, and see you next time.